Dios. Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And today is our super special, spooktacular Halloween episode of Ghostbusters Minute. And just to prove to you how into the season we are, we are actually recording this episode live from a haunted house, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, hang on. Oh, God, did you hear that? Yeah, it sounded like somebody bumped into the mics. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Something from another realm bumped it, into it the mics. It could have been someone knocking on the wall. <laughs> So, Brady, do you have any specific uh, Ghostbusters-related Halloween memories? I do. Uh, so when I was, like, um, a kid, I, I don't know, maybe, like, five or something. Uh, so six years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the real Ghostbusters cartoon was just, like, you know, everything, man. It was my life. And uh, a good buddy of mine, it was just all we would talk about and come home from school. I don't know what grade that would have been and watch it every day. And um, we had, like, all the... The little, like, proton packs you could get at Toys R Us and the, um, you know, the trap, all that stuff. Yeah. And so for Halloween, we wanted to be Ghostbusters. But at the time, you couldn't find the jumpsuits in, like, a costume store or anything, which you can now. And so we were all disappointed by that. And we got home from, what, first grade or kindergarten? I don't know what it was. And his mom and my mom had gone out and found these, like, jumpsuits that were just our size. They had uh, stitched the Ghostbusters logo on the arm. They got us these cool, like, boots and these utility belts. They went all out for you They went all out, dude. It was awesome. And uh, we, you know, I wish I knew what I had had done with all that stuff. I have no idea. But that was a cool uh, Ghostbusters-related, like, Halloween memory is uh, being, like, you know, being a Ghostbuster for Halloween. It was really cool. Cool, cool. I think mine would be, uh, you know, my wife and I got married in October, and uh, our wedding was at Walt Disney World. And uh, when we went there, this is the only tangentially related Ghostbusters memory that I have. Uh, I got a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man That's uh, right. jumpsuit. Yeah. Yeah. And she, and she got, was a Ghostbuster, She was right? a Ghostbuster, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we went together like that. I mean, it's just, it's not really directly related, but it was a lot of fun, you know, to go around the Magic Kingdom Park. I think we, you know, the entire wedding group got together and we met up there and went around yeah. and trick-or-treated. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I still got that, and I break it out every now and then you know when i don't feel like washing my clothes i just put it on and walk around the house because it's like, like a, a onesie yeah yeah, right? it's, yeah it's a onesie yeah it's basically just like a jumpsuit that you zip up and then you there's a hoodie on it and you throw the hood over and it actually has a little stay puff marshmallow man uh hat on it but uh yeah so that's just kind of a fun halloween memory for me and uh, i'm sure the listeners out there have their own but hey are you ready to go ahead and get into minute number 85 yeah, of Ghostbusters? Let's, let's do it in the previous minute the ghostbusters made their way up to the 22nd floor of 55 central park west and into dana barrett's apartment while they were searching for a way Onto the building top, Dana and Lewis. Dana and Lewis completed the ritual to open up the dimensional portal into Gozer's realm. So we're really in it here. This is the battle atop 55 Central Park West. At minute number 85, as Dana and Lewis transform transform into the terror dog forms of Vince Clortho and Zool, the Ghostbusters recoil in horror. At 85.05, Zool makes eye contact with Peter Venkman and growls. At 85.09, Venkman turns to Ray Stance and says, Okay. So she's a dog. At 85.15, Vince and Zool jump off their perches and leap onto the crystalline staircase that leads into Gozer's domain. The gateway into an alternate dimension is now fully open. Through the gateway, a translucent pink staircase can be seen leading to a glass archway with obelisks on either side with a floating pyramid seen in the background. A glowing light can be seen illuminating from the pyramid. 
It is the same scene that Dana saw inside of her refrigerator. As Vins and Zool make their way up the staircase, the Ghostbusters run out in front of the gateway. At 85.23, we cut to a shot through the gateway of the Ghostbusters walking up in front of it and basking in awe of what they see before them. A door into another world. At 85.29, we cut to a closer shot through the dimensional gateway. What we see before us is hard to make out, but it appears to be... A closer shot of the top of the crystalline staircase from before. At the top of the staircase is a glass structure which appears to be a recreation of an Egyptian temple with hieroglyphs on the door. Behind the glass structure appears to be a hallway leading into a large floating pyramid. Smoke is pouring from underneath the glass door. At 85.31, we cut to another shot of Venkman looking bewilderingly at what he sees before him. At 85.36, we cut back to a close shot of the glass structure and pyramid. The glass door begins to open and a shining light can be seen coming from within. As the doors open wider, the light gets brighter. At 85.41, we cut to a shot of Winston staring at the light. At 85.43, we cut to a wider shot of the building top where the four Ghostbusters are standing in front of the gateway. The light coming from the glass door is now at a near blinding level. The Ghostbusters begin to walk into the gateway as a slender shadowy figure begins to descend the staircase. At 85.50, we cut to a shot of Ray Stance looking into the gateway. Ray says, It's a girl. At 85.55, we cut to a shot of Gozer in its humanoid form, a slender woman with skin laced with ectoplasmic bubbles and a raised flat-top haircut. Gozer walks to pet Vin's clortho between the horns. At 85.59, as Gozer pets Vin's, he squints. And thus ends minute number 85 of uh, Ghostbusters. (coughs) So, I really love what's going on in this minute. It's kind of like what we talked about earlier with Dana Barrett's uh, refrigerator, where you see through it, it's... I know last week we talked extensively about some of the symbology going on in the scene, uh, but it's just, it's weird, it's bizarre, it doesn't make any sense, and I love it because of that, because uh, they don't give you any reason why there should be Egyptian hieroglyphs or a pyramid or a glass structure that goes or walks through or a staircase that looks like something out of Studio 54. It's just there, it's weird, and it rules. Um, production design of, you know, Gozer's Temple and, and all of that is, uh, it's, it's, so, and it's like I've, I've talked about numerous times, I just love the fact that, like, you are given just enough to ponder about what it could be, what it means. Why is the pyramid floating? What are the right. hieroglyphs? You know, yeah, like, yeah. all of that stuff. And A I, lot of room for speculation that they don't feed you anything on. I mean, we know that Gozer was uh, worshipped by some ancient cultures, but, you know, these are Egyptian uh, hieroglyphs. They're clearly Egyptian. When the doors open up, you can see the eyes of Ra in the pyramid behind her. And what looks like, I think, Mot is the name of the Egyptian god with the wings that are extended. Uh, but you can't really make out what's on the pyramid. It looks like there's definitely hieroglyphs. There's a, a figure kneeling on one side and a figure kneeling on the other side. But it looks like almost like the doors that open up uh, from the top of 55 Central Park West have a very like Art Deco design on them. And then when it goes through, you see like another era, you know, yeah. the Egyptian era, the ancient peoples. So it's kind of cool that you get like this look from 1980s to the 1940s or 30s to. I guess it'd probably like 1920s, right? So 1980s, 1920s, and then ancient peoples from there on. And it's uh, it's very cool to see that kind of like look into the past. Yeah, that uh, contrast mm-hmm. being, you know, going from, uh, so something we all recognize, which is Art Deco. And then, you know, we recognize certain elements inside like a pyramid and everything like that, but it's just all thrown out of whack. Like, why is it floating? Why, what is the right. just sort of void around it? Yeah, it's probably in another dimension that has different rules of gravity and, you know, like a chemical composition and stuff like that. Yeah, which is awesome. That's yeah, so cool. Very cool. Uh, okay, so Gozer. Let's get into Gozer. Um, that is, aka Gozer the Gozerian, mm-hmm. Gozer the Destructor, Volga Zidol- Zidolhar, uh, Gozer the Traveler, and Lord of the 
Sebulba? Sebulba. No, wait, Sebulba's the guy from Star Wars. Yeah, Sebulba's the dude in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Gozer was, they initially wanted to cast uh, someone named Anna Carlisle, who I've mentioned before was a uh, punk singer and artist and model back in the 80s. Paul Rubin was another choice that they wanted to go with. Um, But none of that happened. So, they went with uh, a model, supermodel, uh, named Slavica Jovan. I believe it is Jovan. J-O-V-A-N. So, could very well be Jovan. And it was voiced, uh, Gozer was voiced by Patty Edwards. Now, Patty Edwards is uh, an older lady who's just this, like, very pretty um, woman, and yet she's got that voice. Yeah, she was and like a, a voice actress, right? That's right. Or like she, a, yeah, in cartoons and stuff? Yeah, so uh, Slavica was a Yugoslavian uh, fashion model who turned to acting and apparently won the part just by simply interviewing for it. So they were interviewing her for the part and said, look, you got it. You know, just, you, you got it. You don't have to say anything else. Uh, now, apparently, the contact lenses, lenses that she was wearing hurt so bad that she had to take 45-minute breaks in between wearing them, and she could only wear them for, like, a few minutes at a time. Yeah, we'll see them in the next minute, but they're, like, blood red, like her entire eye. Yeah, like her it, entire they eye. They very gross. Yes. Uh, now, let's see. Patty Edwards, who did the voice, uh, was did the voice of her in uh, of Gozer and Ghostbusters. She was also did some voice work in The Little Mermaid, Timon and Pumbaa, and uh, Timon and Pumbaa's Wild Adventure. So it's funny that she's going from, like, all of those, you know cute little Disney movies uh, into Ghostbusters, which is like this horrible, you know, demonic uh, entity. Well, I got a little information from the Tobin Spirit Guide here on Gozer. Cool. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here, but I picked out this one little part uh, because it's interesting, kind of pertains to what we were talking about a second ago. So uh, now, we, as we know, Gozer was worshipped uh, through the cult of Gozer back in, you know, the ancient, uh, you know, like Bronze Age. Uh, but it, a section here says, a rival cult which worshipped the chaos god Tiamat excuse me, chaos goddess Tiamat, Gozer's sibling, opposed the Gozerians' goal of universal destruction. Encouraged by their deity, Tiamat's followers performed the rituals needed to banish Gozer from our plane of existence, forcing the Destructor to become a traveler, wandering amongst lost dimensions. Uh, Though exiled from our plane, Gozer was not entirely forgotten. His followers dwindled in number over the millennia, but never stopped trying to call their god back to Earth. So, uh, that plane which... Gozer is in, which I think like uh, Ray calls like a the closest parallel dimension of convenience or something later on. Yeah, uh, that is her banishment. So her time in that pyramid, or his time, I guess, really, uh, because he kind of comes back as an androgynous being, is uh, a prison almost banished by Tiamat's um, worshippers and sent to that dimension. So Tiamat is a um, was actually in Dungeons and Dragons, was a big seven-headed dragon, but Tiamat was also a Sumerian uh, goddess. So it's, okay. it's a real thing. It's not something that's made up. Like, Gozer is made up, right. but Tiamat was actually something that people worship. So it's not just uh, limited to Ghostbusters. Right. It's no, something. there's actual, okay. like, uh, not scripture, but, you know, like, mythology and yeah. stuff like that involving Tiamat. And then other, uh, like like I said, Dungeons and Dragons, video games. I think the game Diablo uh, mm-hmm. uses Tiamat as a, uh, as a goddess in its so, structure. And, I mean, so there you go. That's Dan Aykroyd kind of pulling on actual mythology from the world as well as you know dropping in his little bits and pieces i always like in movies when the your villain is uh, sort of androgynous and you you can't tell if it's a man or a woman gozer is it's pretty obvious that it's that it's a woman but it's also and they refer to it as a she but it could very well be either way um the passion of the christ the presentation of the devil is something that you like can't tell by its physical features and its voice if it's a man or a woman and i thought that was really cool uh Bram Stoker's Dracula, Gary Oldman, when he's in his like old Dracula form, is uh, designed to look like it could be man or a woman. 
So I always find that interesting when your villain's presented like that. It's not a man or a woman. It's just evil. So this was all shot at uh, Burbank Studios at stage 16, which was a massive soundstage, as you have pointed out before. So when they had to use so much lighting, because there's all the specialized lighting on the stuff, that when the set was lit, and I'm pulling this from the... uh, Ghostbusters Ultimate Visual History book that we've talked about that was uh, written by Daniel Wallace. It's a fantastic book. If you're a fan of Ghostbusters, this is a must-have. But it states that uh, on page 65 here that when lit, the set drew so much power that Columbia had to shut down adjacent stages to provide the required 50,000 amps of electricity. The lights burned so hot that the crew switched off the automated sprinkler system and kept firefighters on standby. Ultimately, the Gozer Temple required an estimated 3,000 construction hours and a budget of nearly $1 million. And you see it up there on the screen. The thing looks fantastic. It's got that gigantic wraparound uh, skyline that we see. With the blinking lights. With the blinking lights. It's really quite a... um, quite a accomplishment to have that thing up there it's mm-hmm. it's fantastic looking you know i thought in the uh we did the the patreon episode about ghostbusters presence in theme parks and with a focus on the uh the stunt show in universal studios and i thought they actually did a pretty decent job of recreating the uh front facade of gozer's temple not gozer's temple but the rooftop and um they had some some really cool detail in there now gozer's appearance what is that on her bodysuit? Is it bubbles or ice? or? Well, I've got that? a close-up picture of her here we can look at real quick, and you and I can kind of describe what we're looking at. And it, look, it does look like bubbles to yeah. me. It looks like bubbles. It looks like, okay, so I think Gozer's face is very humanoid, right? Mm-hmm. It's funny that when you see these pictures, you can see like the stitching around her hands, yeah. like the seam of the suit, but you never see that in the movie. You know, it, it looks so good. Here, Not to cut you off, here's the theory I have on that. So she's wearing high heels later. I don't think that the fact that she's wearing a bodysuit is necessarily supposed to be hidden and that it's supposed to be like those bubbles or whatever existing on her skin. Maybe, but if not, it kind of fits in line with the fact that she's wearing shoes, too, that she might actually be wearing well, this clothing. I, I, I know it's very apparent that she's wearing high heels, but I think that's just supposed to be part of her body, that she doesn't actually have feet like a human being. Really? She has, like, heels. Yeah, I think that's all one physical being. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but I really think that, cool. like... If you got up close enough to her, you would see that 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 was just her actual literal heel. The bone structure was that of like a high heel. Wow, I've never seen it like that. Yeah, I don't think Gozer puts on shoes. I think Gozer kind of like lives and (laughs) slips out and like in the actual existence, it just, you know, was born like that. So Very cool. So what do you think about the staircase that goes into Gozer's Pyramid? Did that stick out to you looking at it? Um... Kind of, sort of. Yeah. It's like this, uh, almost like a floor at like a dance club yeah, or something. You know, yeah. it's like lit up from within. Funny you say that. There's a behind the scenes picture of Bill Murray and Chevy Chase, who was like visiting the set that day. And it's really them doing like a little musical number. On oh, that's it. Yeah. funny. Yeah. It looks like something you'd see in a musical or something like that. But anyway, yeah, it's an it's a awesome set. Uh, this minute is just kind of... Uh, uh, a little bit more set up to some of the stuff in the next few minutes of, uh, you know, we, we're seeing Gozer for the first time and we're have that kind of like, I'm sure that audiences at the time were kind of blown away by the fact that like, oh, it's, it's a lady. Mm-hmm. It's not a monster. It's not a guy in a suit. It's not just a dude. It's not Evo Shandor coming out. It's, yeah, the, it's the last thing you would expect is a very pretty model looking yeah. woman, you know, coming a very unusual. And I mean, she's, she's a very pretty woman, but she has that model look where it's not, you know how models are like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. pretty, but it's not the pretty thing that draws your eye to them. It's that that they look like ethereal and like otherworldly. And I think that uh, she, the actress here had a lot of those features. And, you know, I'm thinking that her design that kind of has a little bit of a punk, punk, uh, punk flair to it mm-hmm. was intentional because as they said, they wanted to hire Anna Carlisle. Right. So, and this was, you know, in the mid eighties. So that, you know, whole punk thing was still like uh, very prevalent, uh, sort of seventies, eighties punk. And, um, 
I think that's really cool that they weren't just saying like, okay, give her short hair because that looks different or sci-fi or something like that. It was like, well, give her like kind of short buffed up hair because that's sort of like a edgy in like a punk type way. And I don't know, man. I don't know whose idea that would uh, have been, but uh, it's a cool direction to go, I think. Very, very. All right, well, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's go. I am too. Got to get home and work on my Slimer costume. How about you? Yeah. You going as Janine again? I'm going as Janine again. Okay, uh, great. Like every day. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, hey, folks. Thank you so much for joining us uh, again tomorrow. We're going to have the next minute, minute number 86. We do have some special guests who are going to be coming on in our last week. And we have to tell you, folks, this is the final 15 episodes. It is. We're ending in minute number 100. It is. Yeah. yeah. And that's coming up very soon. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Get out there. Have a happy and safe Halloween. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to remind you that death is but a door. Time a window. We'll be back. We'll be back.